The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks Team Covers Podcast, formerly known as Hoopball Hawks. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brett Harden, recording live here in Atlanta, Georgia, Friday, December the 30th, last game of 2022 for the Atlanta Hawks. And I thought I was going to come on here and recap the two disappointing losses beforehand. Indiana Pacers game, Hawks just came out with just no energy outside of John Collins. And they, frankly, just got ran out of the gym. Ran out of the gym. Everybody looked off. Everyone looked off except John Collins. It was John Collins' best game of the year. And we continue to waste John Collins' best performances as a Hawk because of the poor effort around him. And then... You follow that up, you know, people clamoring, clamoring for Naaman Millen's job and articles leak, which we'll talk about that article right before, uh, right before tip off tonight. This article came out, so we're going to talk a little bit about that here in a bit, but Troy Young goes down with a leg contusion at the end of the Pacers game, about five, four and a half minutes left in the game. Hawks have had a puncher's chance, but it was pretty much over. They dug themselves into a hole, and there was no way they were going to get out of it. So a lot of people were upset that he got hurt. He was still in the game. They blamed Damon Miller. That's just uh, what Hawks fans do. And it doesn't get better the next game. Trey Young doesn't play, DeAndre Hunter doesn't play, and he didn't play in that Indiana game. Clint Capella is going to be missed this entire week. Didn't play the Pacers game, Nets game, and he's not playing tonight against the Lakers. So you're down three starters against the Nets. You have DeJounte Murray leading the troops with John Collins. And... And I will never, and I tweeted this out. We, I will never say that we are better without an all NBA guard. I am not saying that. We are not better without an all NBA guard. But I will say that the ball moves a little bit better when Trey Young is not on the court offensively. More people get involved offensively and they play better team basketball when Trey Young isn't on the court. We've had several sample sizes now to kind of confirm that notion. The ball moves better. There's a lot more energy. They're better defensively. And they just play hard as a team. I mean, without Trey Young, they've beaten the Bucks this year. They've beaten the Nuggets. They almost beat the Nets. If it wasn't for a missed free throw by DeJounte Murray 
missed opportunity to use one of your timeouts with six seconds left after getting a stop and just letting the game play out. DeJounte Murray shoots a long three, hits the back of the iron, and that's ball game. They lose to the Nets. Nets now win 10 games in a row. Everyone's calling for Nate's job after not using the timeouts. DeJounte Murray takes accountability and says, we shouldn't even been in that position if I would have made my free throw. Which is a little bit of a different tune than what we've been hearing. And so I listened to the radio last night and one of the local radio stations starts to call out Trey Young's leadership or lack thereof. How in, and I don't recall the interview or the post-game interview, uh, where allegedly they asked Trey Young about the energy and effort on the team. And Trey Young, and I'm paraphrasing from <laughs> seconds to worse, saying, essentially, uh, I don't know about the energy. I just know that I was good. And so the, the radio spot that I heard last night, and they did a good job, talked about how, and I've talked about that on this program, how Trey Young needs to work on his leadership skills. That's the thing that is holding him back with truly connecting with this team. And they use the example of DeJounte Murray taking accountability after the Nets game, how the team responds a little bit differently to DeJounte Murray than Trey Young, and some of the glaring examples where there were opportunities for Trey Young to step up as a leader vocally whether it's commenting on something, protecting a teammate, taking accountability, and time and time again, he has failed to do so. He's a young player who is learning how he needs to lead, so I'm not going to be that harsh on him. But that does speak volumes when you have a running mate in DeJounte Murray that's doing that in his first year on a team. That speaks volume. Like I said, we are not better without Trey Young. But Trey Young needs to be better leadership-wise. He needs to be better, in my opinion, getting others more involved, having the ball movement. If we can incorporate the ball movement that DeJounte Murray does when he plays with Trey Young, I don't think we'd have half of the issues that we have on this team. Personally, they would be able to play above some of the coaching mismanagements by Nate Millen, lack of clock management, the old philosophy, and that is inevitable too. That's inevitable. His coaching philosophy is outdated. He's real stubborn. Him and Trey Young don't get along. It's documented. And I always try to be hopeful. But this situation is not going to get better. And I'm going to give you guys a news flash. Firing Nate McMillan won't make it better either. This is a culture issue. This is a cultural issue that's going on in the Atlanta Hawks organization. 
Travis Schlank steps back, or is quote unquote, depending on who you talk to, he is softly pushed out of this role as president of basketball operations because of some disagreements with the direction of the team. He sees the team going one way, ownership sees it going another way. In the way that ownership is going is to appease the star player. You always want to appease your stars, but I'm going to go ahead and say this and put this on record. Travis Schlank didn't do a bad job with this team. This is actually a pretty good roster outside of their third depth and then missing some front court depth. Missing front court depth, not willing to go over the luxury tax, which reportedly is an ownership thing, not a Travis Schlank thing. Travis Schlank was willing to go over the luxury tax or vice versa. Like I said, it's so jumbled up in our organization that if you think taking Damon Millen's job away from him is going to correct all of that cultural muck that's in this organization, you are gladly mistaken. You are gladly mistaken because there is, this is deep rooted. This is extremely deep rooted. Travis Schlenk believes that DeJounte Murray needs to be the focal point of his team, leadership wise. Ownership thinks it's Trey Young. They're paying Trey Young more. I get that. Trey Young needs to, is still your best player on the team. He still needs to be your number one scoring option. But it's clear that DeJounte Murray is the leader the Hawks need. They respond to him better than Trey Young. That's a fact. And if you try to poke holes in that using Trey Young's numbers, do not hop in my DMs. Do not reply to me. I'm not talking to people who are using stats to back up their entrenched theory that they have concreted themselves and foundation themselves into to think that everything is fine because we have Trey Young. Here's a newsflash. Trey Young could leave. Trey Young could demand a trade. He could. A lot of you guys don't believe it because you think it's rival executives, but I truly think it came from Trey Young's camp. After listening to multiple media professionals who's done this longer than I have, they said, it's rare, if any time, that an actual rival executive puts something out to try to crumble the foundation of an organization. That's very, very rare, if ever happens. But you can paint that picture and present it that way if you are if you are a disgruntled star that wants to put this news out and change the verbiage to put pressure on the organization. That makes more sense than a rival executive. Like, do you really think the Orlando Magic is putting that out right now? The Orlando Magic executive or the Charlotte Hornets executive or the Wizards executive is putting that out because they really want Trey Young. They just want to see the Hawks crumble. The Hawks may be the most talented team in the Southeast division. They ain't the best team. I hate to say it, Miami's still the best team. They went further in the playoffs last year. They have a championship organization. They have an ironclad organization that has an identity in their defense, their work ethic, their training program in the offseason, 
And it's clear that they are all on the same page when it comes to what, who are the Miami Heat. There's no question as to who is their leader. Jimmy Butler is their leader. Spolstra commands that team. Pat Riley's influence and respect and how he's revered in that organization gives you a clear chain of command in that organization. I can't tell you who the leader is on the Hawks. I think it's DeJounte Murray. I can tell you that I don't know if Nate McMillan's authority is truly respected. I know it's not respected by Trey Young, by observation. And maybe he does. But here's the thing. If you're Trey Young, you have to talk about that. You have to communicate that. And this is my problem with some of the stars in the NBA today. If you do not talk, the media will create a narrative about you. You have to communicate. You have to get your point across. Because if you don't, they're going to fabricate a point. That's where sources come in. Because you won't speak. This happens to Kyrie Irving all the time. People get frustrated with him. And then sometimes Kyrie Irving opens his mouth and it perplexes people or turns people off. And you're just like, what are you talking about? Trey Young, don't learn from Kyrie Irving. Say it with the chest. Say it with the chest. If if you want to speak on something, if you truly think that Nate's the right coach, speak on it. If you think he's not, speak on it. That's what leaders do. Hold yourself accountable to your actions and your play. DeJounte Murray's doing that. He's not shy. But I'm not going to compare apples to apples. DeJounte Murray is a little bit older. And Trey is still a young man who's learning what it takes to be a leader. Learning what, what type of man he wants to be. He's a new father. It's a difficult time. I don't, I don't have kids, but I know that lack of sleep. I mean, I'm, I don't know how much NBA players sleep as it is, but he has a lot going on. And I will always give players benefit of the doubt for things outside the game of basketball. But inside the game of basketball, inside the Hawks organization, there's turmoil. There's a lot of turmoil. And then there's a story that leaked well, not leaked, was put out there by The Athletic. That states that, <laughs> I mean, in, in, in Jamel McMillan, Nate McMillan's son already says, like, why don't you just go to the source? He's basically saying it's not true. But according to sources, Nate McMillan has strongly considered resigning from his position. And this is recording to league sources with knowledge of the situation who are not authorized to speak publicly on the matter. The article says that McMillan's job status has came into question after the exchange with Trey Young about the shoot around. For Hawks fans, his job status was in question last year. But that, that's neither here nor there. Um, his job was considered safe at the time and the Hawks have wanted Nate Millen to finish out the season. 
to see if he can turn it around. But apparently, according to sources, Nate appears to be near the end of his tenure with the Hawks unless there's a after the season, unless there's a resignation before then. And apparently they said since general manager Landry Fields became the Hawks lead front executive last week, there have only been positive conversations, quote unquote, with McMillan about the direction of the team this season, the league sources said. No resignation is imminent, sources with knowledge of the team's thinking said. Yet the Hawks are 7-18. and 18. They're ninth in the East. They're supposed to be better than this. You get DeJounte Murray. John Collins is on the trading block. What's the surprise? The shoot-around incident where Trey Young didn't go to the Denver Nuggets game and the Hawks win that game down starters led by DeJounte Murray. McMillan talked about there's challenges coaching today's player, especially when you're when you come from a different generation from which you played in and even coach. I mean, he's coached for several decades now. So it's a different way you got to communicate with these players, a different way the game is played and how they see it. This is from Nate McMillan. He said, they see the game different than when I played it and when I started coaching. That's a fact. We all know Nate took over after Lloyd Pierce which Trey Young famously did not get along with either. Now he's not getting along with Nate McMillan. In further news, honestly, the more shocking thing from the article is the fact that there has been turnover within the organization outside of Travis Schlenk being pushed out of his position to an advisor role in the organization. After Schlenk was moved, league sources say the Hawks have let go of three front office executives in the past week. Senior advisor Rod Higgins, director of pro scouting uh, Stephen Giles, and the vice president of player personnel Derek Pierce. All three were well-respected within the Hawks franchise who made the moves as part of the organizational structure. Restructuring, I'd say. That is the most alarming thing for the article. Do I think Naaman Miller will resign? Probably not. If things get worse, I can see him getting fired. Maybe before the All-Star break, beginning of February, into January, if things get worse. I can see them firing him and changing their tune if they just go on to just a huge collapse where they fall Let's say they fall seven, eight games below 500 and they're not in a playing spot and they just continue to get worse and worse. I can see him firing him then. I don't see him resigning unless it was a health concern, a family concern, something personal would make him resign. Because I don't think over structuring or him getting fired in the midst of the season is going to help anything. And I said this several episodes back. For those who want Nate McMillan fired, this is what you've been rooting for. You've been rooting for the downfall of the Atlanta Hawks, even though you watch every game wanting them to win. It's counterintuitive. You want them to win, but you want Nate McMillan fired. And the only way for Nate McMillan to be fired is if this team takes a nosedive and do not make the playoffs. 
And I know you like seeing the Hawks in the playoffs. I know you do. I love seeing the Hawks in the playoffs. So you're getting your wish if this is you rooting for Nick McMillan to be fired. I'm just going to keep it 100. I'm going to keep it a buck because only you can answer that. But I'm telling you now, and you can listen to me or not, and I appreciate my listeners who support this program. We we sometimes have difference of opinion, but I love having the conversations on Twitter. And you know what? I do love you guys. I like seeing your perspective. I like seeing where you're coming from because you're a fan. You love this team. You want to see them succeed. And I like to hear what the people think. I do like to hear what the people think. But I stand on my own opinions, respectfully. And I will say this now. Firing Nate McMillan or Nate McMillan leaving will not change things in the organization unless it is a complete restructure, rehaul, taking out the weeds, it replanting of the organization, which has still yet to be redefined after Coach Boonhoser left to go to Milwaukee. We still haven't gotten better since then. We've made strides, but we're t- it's it's rotting from the inside out, and it's because of the lack of cultural identity, organization st- organizational structure, chain of command, um, whatever you want to call it. That is that is out of balance, and that's out of balance with Nick McMillan and his coaching staff and the star player too. So it's going to need to be some complete retooling. If you want this team to be successful again, I can tell you to say everyone needs to do some reflection. Everyone on Landry Fields about the team's current predicament. Trey Young about his leadership skills or lack thereof. Murray, his role on the team and how he maybe needs to step up more and others need to step up. Should they have won that next game? Yes. It was disappointing they didn't. What was more disappointing was the effort I saw in Indiana. That was terrible. That was garbage. That was absolute garbage. The Hawks should be 2-0 this week going into tonight's game. And instead, they're 0-2. And they need to win this last game. They need to beat the Lakers before they go on this West Coast road trip. This is Every game is a must win. I'm tired of saying it. I'm tired of saying it. But tonight they have to win. You have to win tonight. To go 18 and 18 going into the new year, and then you have four games out west. You take on the Kings, the Warriors, the Lakers, and Clippers. You gotta hope to go two, two and two in that road trip. You gotta hope to go two and two in that road trip. But that's wishful thinking at this point. If you want to see Nate McMillan gone, you need to root for them to lose every single damn game from here on out. But for me, I want to see them succeed. I do. The Lakers are seven games below 500. I'm going to talk a little bit about this matchup. But first, this quick plug. Okay, listeners, it's time to talk a little fantasy hoops. Now, I don't know about you. I'm in several fantasy leagues, and every fantasy league that you are in, you have a rival. 
Pokemon, Ash Ketchum had Gary. And I know you have your Gary out there. So it's time to beat Gary and get the insight that you need to take your stuff to the next level and win a fantasy basketball championship. Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rozier, and Mikhail Bridges before any other rank list? I know which one. It's the Brewskis 150. And you probably turned those huge wins into some cash or a fantasy basketball championship. This year, the Brewski 150 is on sale for a limited time. And Ethos 360 subscribers can get access in less than a week. Head to sportsethos.com and click on the premium tab to grab membership information or the draft guide today. And yes, to answer your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both options. Check back daily for more new features and go dominate your leagues. Beat Gary with the help of Sports Ethos. All right, we are back. Hawks, Lakers, and State Farm Arena. Hawks are a six-point favorite tonight. Judging by the injury report, as of right now, Clint Capella is the only one that I know for sure that is going to be out tonight. The jury is still out on Trey Young and DeJounte Murray as I quickly look at the Hawks website right now to see if an injury report was released. And it states that DeAndre Hunter is questionable with a left ankle sprain and Trey Young is probable. So you get Trey Young back tonight. That's good. That's good. But I'm going to be looking very carefully as far as how this team plays. Very carefully. The Kings in town is his birthday. Happy birthday, LeBron James. Um, certainly, this team is going to be up for the Lakers. You would hope. They're, they're going to be up for the Lakers. The Kings in town. It's going to be a big crowd. They should be up. I'm looking at the game within the game. How's the ball movement? How's the team playing? How is Trey Young leading? How is DeJounte Murray leading? A lot of people point the finger at Neyman Mellon for the Chris Paul, James Harden approach as far as running the offense. I have the same criticism. I hate that structure. That structure did not work in Houston. It's not going to work here. They need to be integrated into the offense and play off of each other, which is something that I think Joe Prunty has the ability to do. And Naaman Millen does not have the capability to do because he's not creative offensively. He's old school. But that's what I'm going to see. I want to see are they going to continue to get John Collins the ball and incorporate him because he's had two really good games back to back. I'm going to see who steps up. If Bogey can get out of this slump. Bogey's been in the slump. He's not played well the last few games. I mean, he had a decent first half against the Nets, and then they stopped getting him the ball. But he was flat against Indiana and wasn't trusted as much against the Nets because of his previous performances. And I get it. But you're going to need him tonight to get some scoring. You're going to need him tonight. You're going to need A.J. Griffin to get out of his shooting slump. He was 2 of 10 last game. Four points. Aaron Holiday is going to be on the bench now, so he's not going to start. I still think A.J. Griffin needs to start 
and Bogey needs to come off the bench because I like the ball in Bogey's hands leading the second unit. Jalen Johnson had a great game. Great, great game against the, the Nets. I want to see the I want to see the ball in his hands more. I mean, 14 points off the bench, six rebounds, six of twelve shooting from the floor, one of three from three. He looked good. He looked confident. I loved seeing that. I loved seeing that from him. And even though it wasn't an outburst of points against the Pacers, we saw glimpses of that against the Pacers, him being aggressive, attacking the rim. I love when he's aggressive. He doesn't need to be a catch-and-shoot guy. He needs the ball in his hands, attacking, using his athleticism. I tweeted, not utilizing his athleticism is a crime. A crime. This man can jump out the gym. He can pass. He can rebound. He can defend. He's a talented player. He needs the ball more so in his hands in spots where he's the most effective at. He's really good as a passer. He had five assists against the Pacers. Eight points, five assists, eight rebounds. That's a really good game. That's a really good game. He had one of the highest plus minuses on the team. The only people who had higher plus minuses are the players that got in the garbage time at the end of that game when it was already over. Jalen Johnson, outside of John Collins, was your best player against the Pacers. Trey Young needs to get the people, get people the ball within rhythm. Get people the ball within rhythm. DeJounte Murray needs to shoot better, but also initiate and create for others outside of getting your shot. Easier said than done, especially when you have two ball dominant guards. But Cleveland's made it work. We have to make it work too. A Kongu has to stay out of foul trouble. Has to stay out of foul trouble. Collins has to stay out of foul trouble. That was his only knock on Tuesday night against the Pacers that he fouled out. But he had 26 points, 10 rebounds, 11 to 17 from the floor, 3 to 6 from 3, added a block. He had a really good game. But tonight it's going to come down to getting John Collins the ball. Not getting in foul trouble in the front court with Capella out again. Ball movement, ball movement, ball movement. Make them guard more than just Trey Young or whoever the primary ball handler is. Move the ball around. Be aggressive. Take open shots when they're given to you. Defend. Crash the glass. Play team basketball. Get Bogey and A.J. Griffin in rhythm. And I think you beat this Lakers team. Lakers team, you know, won one, lost one coming in. They lost to the Mavericks on Christmas Day. They won the next game after that. They lost against the Heat the other night. So they're looking to come to Atlanta and get a win. That's what they're looking to do. We have to play as a team tonight. Have to. There's a lot of things I liked about the performance against the Nets. We moved the ball. We played well on defense. We only had four turnovers. We got out in the fast break. We were scoring in the paint. We, we got to the free throw line. Like There was little things that I liked in that performance against the Nets. We were missing Trey Young, so some our offense went stagnant at times, which is why I'm glad he's back because that's instant offense in Trey Young. But 
We have to continue to play team basketball, playing for each other. This is a team that does not trust each other right now. They're not playing team basketball. They're going to have to play team basketball here on out if they want to right this ship and actually get to the playoffs. But if they're conspiring to get Nate fired like the Hawks fans are, then we're going to continue to get the same product that we've been getting, and you're going to blame the wrong people for the performance. I'm just going to keep it a buck. You guys always know I keep it a buck on here. But we'll see. We'll see. I, I want to see them in 2022 with a win. Do you? I don't care if LeBron James has a birthday today. Ruin that man's birthday. Go out there and get a dub. Wash that taste out of the last two games out of your mouth. And go out there and play some damn team basketball. Play for one another. Crash the glass. Move the ball. Play defense, be aggressive, take your shots when they're given to you, and just play with energy and effort, and you're going to win this ball game. That's what I'm imploring for you to do. Will they do it? We'll see. Tip-off is at 7.30, probably a little bit after 7.30. Recorded this right two hours right before tip-off. Got time to squeeze this in. And if you love what you heard from me today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it and tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. You know the drill. Share with Atlanta basketball fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans, regular basketball fans. It does not matter. Put them on to this program. And let's continue to grow this program. It can't grow without you. And when you tell people about the program, have them write a great review. Give us five stars. Give us a review on the program. And as always, check us out on Twitter at EthosHawks. On Twitter, that's at EthosHawks. And then follow myself at BradJarrett67 on Twitter. That's Brad, J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7. We'll catch you guys next time. Let's go Hawks. Tip-off is soon. So get this in right before tip-off. Or check it out after, whenever you listen to this program. But we appreciate the support. Let's go Hawks. We'll get you next time. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.